Hello and welcome to another episode of the SFA Oxford podcast. Today we will be discussing the latest 2040 report where we will hear all about the long-term forces at play within the platinum group metals markets. Additionally, we will be discussing what the continued impact of the current COVID-19 pandemic means for the industry as the world faces growing numbers of cases and further restrictions loom for most major economies. And finally, with governments globally pledging to slash greenhouse gas emissions by 2050, what will this mean for the emerging hydrogen fuel cell industry and how will its dependency on the platinum group metals impact supply? amid forecasts slowing internal combustion engine sales over the coming decades. Today we will be speaking with Executive Chairman Stephen Forrest to delve deeper into SFA Oxford's latest 2040 report. So firstly, Stephen, and I'm sure this question comes as no surprise to you, as the world's been living with COVID-19-induced disruption for over half a year at this stage. I wanted to get your thoughts on how this is impacting the industry in the short term and have you and your team revised your estimations from the earliest days of the pandemic? So thank you very much, Ashling. Um, We think that the outlook has worsened as a result of the new restrictions that have been implemented across Europe. Oxford Economics has actually revised its global GDP growth forecast for 2021 down to 5.2% because many countries, as I mentioned in Europe, are now reimposing restrictions on activity amid the rising coronavirus case count that you see. In 2020, the global economy was projected to shrink about 4.2%. So we think that the risks are to and forecasts have got to be to the downside. So the expectation of further curbs and a slower return to normal may cause households and businesses to become a lot more cautious. So growth over the next few quarters is still expected to be similar to that recorded during the post-financial crisis recovery, but it is dependent on very supportive fiscal and monetary policies, as well as the avoidance of widespread lockdowns. So I guess, again, that consumer spending may stall. US unemployment is close to previous recession peaks. You know, after six months, new jobless claims are higher than in any previous recession. Moreover, additional unemployment benefits are no longer being offered In Europe, as infections are rising, more restrictions mean retail and services activities are likely to weaken. The Chinese economy, on the other hand, is reviving well, but its industrial recovery is still ahead of a rebound in its retail sales. China appears to have avoided a second wave, but if cases start rising, the strongest global economy that we see it for 2021, could see growth stalled. So still looking in the short term, as we move out of this initial COVID shock, in 2021, how do you expect the metal prices to be impacted? And are there significant downside risks? Yeah, I think the downside risk really sits with those metals that are at high prices right now. 
If we're looking at gold and silver, um, we're waiting for a breakout. Gold and silver have traded in a range, um, you know, since topping in August. If you look at the PGMs, palladium and rhodium prices are elevated significantly and are at risk. Near-term rhodium could break through $15,000 an ounce, while palladium upside kind of looks a bit capped around 2400 Both these markets remain in significant deficits, but prices should ease. Now, yesterday, Anglo-American announced a further stoppage to its ACP B-unit smelter conversion line. And um, this is going to impact metal availability, not only uh, for the balance of this year, but certainly in the first quarter of next year, as they bring on the newly equipped A stream of their converter. But with this stoppage, it means that there is a destocking taking place in the refinery. So once the A stream is up and running, we don't think any mining stocks that are built up are going to be able to flush through the process um, for at least three months. So it'll be well into the second quarter of next year where one would start to see the stocked metal starting to feed out into the market. In the near term, what will happen is you'll just get um, you know, live production flowing through fairly quickly, but it's really as a result of the, the stoppages, it's the built-up stocks that will only get processed with um, the live production during the period um, 2021, maybe even into 2022. Base metals, we think, are, are, are pretty fully priced. Cobalt and lithium prices are fair, but nickel price is, is high. Although nickel has been lifted by the Chinese recovery, the INSG forecast actually something like 120,000 uh, ton surplus in nickel for this year and a surplus of around 70,000 tons next year. So this could see prices retreat for nickel back to the kind of $14,000 a ton. Oil, um, the second wave of COVID, we think puts that market at much greater risk. So we could see prices drop for oil. Um, the rate of recovery in oil demand has really slowed and could slow much further as I mentioned, economic activity becomes increasingly impacted by rising coronavirus cases. There's also relatively high levels of inventory uh, for surplus crude production, and that will continue to put pressure on the price. So OPEC you know, may defer any planned increases in output, which were scheduled for, due, for January. Their next meeting is at the end of this month, November, but prices are still expected to slip back towards the $30 per barrel on a three-month view. So in the past few months, we've really seen severe disruption to almost all global supply chains, despite the fact that this perturbation is quite different to what we'd call a traditional recession, as it was in a way artificially induced due to the pandemic and didn't instigate as a result of underlying economic vulnerabilities or consumer sentiment. Now, moving from the short term and looking towards the longer term, how do you anticipate market supply and demand factors to change out to the year 2040? 
and what will be key in the coming few decades. Okay, so our base case forecast at SFA is, is really ongoing significant deficits for the rhodium market, particularly over the next decade. As mine depletion of rhodium uh, supply from South Africa is combined with ongoing growth in automotive demand for rhodium. Even beyond 2030, when growing battery electric vehicle sales start to reduce the use of rhodium in internal combustion engines, the significant depletion in supply will keep this market in deficit. In the near term, the startup of some rhodium-rich brownfield areas in South Africa, given the high basket price, uh, is assumed in our projections. A demand solution really is also required for rhodium because even if you add in the projects, you cannot provide enough metal in a timely fashion in the case of rhodium. With respect to, to platinum, a combination of more supply and or less demand is needed when one looks beyond 2030. Any additional platinum supply being brought on by mine restarts to produce rhodium, for example, will also be needed by the market, particularly if the substitution of some palladium by platinum in three-way catalysts occurs. The depletion profile for platinum is quite marked and really starts to bite hard in the early 2030s. So mining companies, I believe, will start to look at uh, replacement projects again. Um, we'll have a look at restarting some of the, 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 the mothballed expansion projects. And um, I think uh, recycling businesses might emerge uh, and restart to well, at least increase capacity uh, to fill the gap. Looking at a long-term projection out to 2040, the platinum market is really the market that's going to emerge in, in very, very strong deficit. In the case of palladium, we kind of see a widening deficit open up beyond 2022. The China 6B and the RDE standards uh, combined with higher vehicle output, we think will lead to a deficit of over 700,000 ounces, um, particularly between 2022 and 2024. Thereafter, there is going to be an increase in Russian supply, which will begin to reduce the deficit back down to perhaps around half a million. The deficit then may widen before you know, the impact of increased recycling and obviously um, the EV market, electric vehicle, starts to narrow the, the deficit from in, um, from reduced demand for palladium. On this basis, we should see palladium price trade between about 1700 and 2500 And I think in the, near t in the very near term, we could see prices rise to a target of around 2500 by 2023. Substitution is inevitable. You know, OEMs right now are considering replacing palladium, given its high price, with much, much cheaper platinum. We've developed a scenario here that includes up to 800,000 ounces of substitution by 2023. And this has the potential to narrow the deficit and cut the price of palladium down to about 1,700. Over the long term, the substitution provides some sustainability for the palladium market. 
But as I've already mentioned, with respect to rhodium, some palladium might also have to be used to ease the rhodium market tightness. Because as I said, even if you brought on new projects, it'd be very difficult to fill the rhodium gap um, supply projects. So therefore, I think the expansion of palladium-rich projects will be very helpful to providing some stability to all the PGMs. Um, Palladium is very much a key influence here. Speaking of long-term market trends, we know that SFA's work in charting the evolution of powertrains is central to a lot of your forecasting. As of late, there's been a huge discussion on the topic of hydrogen fuel cell technology. How do you anticipate this emerging technology is going to impact the platinum group metals industry, especially in the light of other factors such as the growth of battery electric vehicles? Global light vehicle sales are predicted to increase from about 71 to 75 million units this year and then to about 98 million units by 2025. When looking out to 2030, probably over 100 million units and by 2040, something like 120 million units. In the 2020s, hybrid powertrains are the main growth area for light vehicles, jumping from about 5.8 million units in 2020 to something like um, 20 million units by 2025 and nearly 30 million units by 2030. Almost two thirds of that growth comes from mild hybrids. These are the 48 volt powertrains, which offer significantly lower emissions than an internal combustion engine only powertrain and uh, without the higher cost and the charging of BEVs, they become very popular. The shift to hybrids and BEV means that internal combustion only powertrains we think are going to fall from about 89% of vehicle production in the 2020 to under 60% of vehicle production by 2030 and around 45% by 2040. BEVs increase from just under 2 million units this year, we think, to something like 15 million units in 2030, taking their share from something like under 3% to over 14% in the 2030s. BEV sales are predicted to reach something like 40 million units by 2040, um, something, and represent something like 30%, in excess of 30% of market share. Fuel cell electric vehicles production is also forecast to climb gradually during the 2020s, but only really begin to accelerate in the 2030s. SFA has actually reduced its estimates for the long-term take-up of fuel cell passenger cars, but it's increased it um, from com in commercial vehicles as installing of refueling infrastructure for heavy-duty vehicles, or what's commonly called as HDVs, is much more cost effective. Fuel cell passenger cars are predicted to climb nearly to 1% of global demand for vehicles by 2040. In the 2030s, while diesel remains the main powertrain for HDVs, we think fuel cell take up will be significant, uh, expanding up to something like um, from 1% in the 2030s uh, to something like 33% by the 2040s. 
BVs are not expected to make much headway in the heavy-duty vehicle market. So now that we've heard about most of the major forces at play over a variety of timescales, ultimately, what might all of this mean in terms of metal prices? The rhodium market requires both supply and demand adjustments um, in both the short and the long term to bring the market to balance. We are forecasting increasing rhodium prices in the short term, followed by a dip in the mid-20s as some additional supply can be expected from mines and particularly the restarts. However, owing to uncertainty on how the market resolves the current shortage of rhodium, in the longer term, the price is likely to flatline at a high level. Price spikes to significantly higher levels are possible. Historically, rhodium prices have not held up at high levels for a very long and have fallen back to low levels. While that looks unlikely at present, a demand response that cuts rhodium usage would precipitate a major decline in the price. Platinum prices are forecast to increase steadily during the 2020s and 2030s. The platinum market is moving from a surplus to a deficit market, chiefly by mine depletion. Liquidated platinum stocks that are built over 10 million ounces right now will provide some extra supply in the next five years. Conversely, the palladium market, we think, will move from deficit to surplus in the 2030s, as battery electric vehicles will erode autocatalyst demand. And this is predicted to result in a price decline in the longer term. As a final question, in the past week, we have seen what felt like the slow motion election of Joe Biden in the United States. SFA has considerable consulting experience working in both the battery electric vehicle and internal combustion engine space. It would be good to get your thoughts on how you anticipate the recent election may impact powertrains in the US and subsequently metal demand. Well, that's a very good question, Ashling. The overarching answer is it's going to be positive for PGMs. It's going to be positive for electrification. And in the very long term, with the US now part of the Paris Accord, I believe it will be very positive for clean hydrogen. And clean hydrogen will require PGM catalysts for electrolysis to produce hydrogen and, of course, fuel cells for powertrains. I'd like to provide some caution first. You know, we're in a pandemic and... I think there's going to be some economic fallout here in Europe. We've already seen a second wave of lockdowns. This will have economic consequences. A Biden pre uh, uh, presidency is likely to also result in lockdowns with economic fallout. However, let's just look past this. What I think is really exciting for PGMs with the Biden presidency is that the rollout of California's very strict tailpipe emission standards into the other states in the US, I think, is exciting. California's standards have always led the world in clean air. And to get that severity of control and standard in tailpipe emissions, I think will benefit PGMs 
initially palladium and rhodium with higher loadings, a lot more hybrid vehicles, and over time, a rising population of electric vehicles. I also think the US will get back in the race on technical developments. In the longer term, I think California will lead in the development of clean hydrogen. And this is really using electrolyzers and fuel cells. This is very positive for platinum, ruthenium and iridium. In the case of electrolyzers, it'll be platinum and iridium. And in the case of fuel cells, it will be platinum and ruthenium. Both these metals are used as catalysts in electrolyzers to produce hydrogen and in fuel cells to convert the hydrogen into energy. There are two areas that I think are really going to develop. One is, as I've mentioned, the production of hydrogen in the first place. But I think in terms of the powertrain in the vehicle market, I think the inclusion of fuel cells will probably win over the conversion of heavy duty vehicles as opposed to electric or battery powertrains in heavy duty vehicles. We think they will predominantly be fuel cell driven. So Biden's presidency, I think, is pretty positive in that respect. We've been doing a lot of work in this area. I mean, we've just published a 2040 PGM report which looks at the substitution between platinum and palladium, and it also addresses the current shortages of rhodium, that market and how that market will have to adjust in the medium term to balance and more sustainable rhodium prices. Currently, the rhodium price is very, very strong, as I've mentioned earlier. We've also completed a join the dot study looking at the evolution of battery electric vehicles and how that would impact the requirements of nickel, cobalt and lithium demand out 2040. It's all pretty exciting and we should be having a number of more podcasts talking to these points in the future. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Stephen, for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been really informative and we look forward to hearing more about SFA's work in the future. Thank you. To learn more about SFA Oxford or get in touch, please visit sfa-oxford.com or follow us on LinkedIn.